This episode is brought to you by Cox Contour TV. Find the entertainment you love with Contour TV and Contour Stream Player. Learn more at coxcox.com slash contour. This episode is brought to you by the NHL on TNT. When it comes to hockey, the Stanley Cup playoffs are built different. Experience the intensity and insanity on the ice and off it. Starting May 5th on TNT and TBS. Get ready for seven game rounds of knockdowns, dragouts, pressure, and agony as teams go head-to-head without ever letting up. The Stanley Cup playoffs are known for more than just a few cracked ribs and black eyes. Pushing through pain is the name of the game. With so much edge-of-your-seat action, you'll refuse to shave or change your sweater. Don't say we didn't warn you. Ready to feel the rush? Watch the Stanley Cup playoffs beginning May 5th on TNT and TBS. Cliff's not joining us tonight, so uh, you'll have my voice welcoming you to the podcast. Much more so- That's a much more soothing morning voice. <laughs> hey, you know what? Sometimes it's 6.30 when I put this thing on, so I uh, want to be greeted to the day with nice, soothing, like Seinfeld-type voice, you know? Uh, so, anyways, we are Honey Hole Hangout. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, I am Zach. Landon is on the phone, and today we have Odom with us, and he's going to talk a little bit about his trip down south, and I, the pictures look phenomenal, so I'm so excited to actually hear about it. Yeah, glad to be here. Thanks, guys. I just want to point out, this is my first podcast not like calling in, and it's very weird. It is weird, isn't it? You don't know like what you're supposed to do with your hands, you know? There's no yeah. body movement to give you gestures on what it, when, it, when people want you I to say. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't feel like I know when I can talk. It's weird. Just, I guess just join in whenever you want. We should have you on FaceTime. Yeah. We've tried that, but the quality for whatever reason just dips. And so we're just like, oh, yeah. we'll do FaceTime audio and hope for the best. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But Odin brought us some great bourbons and whiskeys to try. Which one do you want to do first? Matter? It doesn't matter. Your pick. Ooh, okay. Let's start with the rye. Yeah, let's do that. So let's tell everybody what the options are. Yeah, so we got two. Odin brought a Whistle Pig single barrel rye. They're 10-year, and it is the Specs barrel pick, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that is great. And the second one? Second one, Noah's Mill. Uh, I don't know a lot about this bourbon other than it's made similarly or in the same place as the Rowan's Creek. You know anything else about it? Nope. But I heard it's great. Yeah, for, I've heard for the price. I've only heard good things. Yeah. So this is both unopened. So tonight's going to be our first time tasting this. And you said you've never had either of these. Nope. So we just actually just tore off the um, plastic cover on this. So are you one like if you find a good bottle, will you rebuy? Or are you like every time I get some something to drink, I'm trying something new? If I like it, I oh. always have one in stash. Okay. It's the one I like. So then, that, then the rest, I'll just keep on trying. Yeah, yeah. And then I'll find, if I find that nice one, I'll buy another one. Yep. Yeah. So what's the what's the one that every time you see it, you're like, I got to make sure I have this at home? Blanton's. Blanton's, if yeah. you can find I mean, it. Yeah. If you can find it, right? But <laughs> I have some friends who can find some for me. Yeah. So, so you're like, you yeah. always have Always put it on rotation. 
So if he gets a chance, he'll buy one for himself. And the next one, he'll buy one for me. Oh, yeah. And so I've got two bottles at home right nice. now. Nice. So, yeah. Yeah. I do like Blanton's. I know that's like everybody likes that as well, but yeah. I do like that one. That's the one. Anytime I'm at a place and it's reasonably priced, I'll always have a glass of it just because I'm like, eh. Yeah. I don't have a bottle at home, but. So what are we tasting? This is the Whistle Pig, okay. right? Let's this try is this. the single barrel rye. Landon, sorry you can't try this, man. Yeah, no, I'm I'm in Waco, and uh, the bar at our hotel has uh, some balcones, so they have a lot of options. So that's what I'm going to drink later on, <laughs> later on tonight. That's hot. when I'm watching the game. That is hot. That is hot. But that is probably the best rye I've it's ever smooth. had. It's smooth. Yes, it's smooth too, but it's it's hot. You it's fifty four percent, so one hundred seven point nine proof. But it's good, man. Honestly, I'm not a huge rye fan. That is probably, like, I would buy that. That is probably one of the best ryes I've yeah, ever had. Yeah, it, it, it is good. Ten years, single barrel. Yeah. We've tried a couple of Whistle Pig stuff. Like, you know how they have, like, the little sampler? Yeah. We've done the sampler packs. One of them was aged in a Cabernet barrel, and it was probably the, <laughs> it's probably the worst <laughs> thing we've had on the podcast. Right, Landon? It doesn't like that. sound good. It was so bad. <laughs> Yeah, it was not good. No. It sounds like leftover barrel. Yes. Oh. Oh, yeah, because then, you know, they finish it in, like, different types of barrel sometimes. So they finished it in that cab barrel. And I think it was, like, a 14-year or something, but it was just. Yeah, oh, it was 14-year-old barrel. Yeah. It was just rotten. Oh, it was. It, <laughs> honestly, it was not good. But this is fantastic. This it's is like, actually pretty good. It's a little spicy. Mm-hmm. But that's typical rye. Yeah, but there's. There's this sweetness that you get from the first sip. Yeah. You know, a lot of times with like bourbons, the sweetness will kind of hit you later. This is like right on the tip of your tongue. My mouth is still watering as right. I'm talking. And me, too. Weird. <laughs> me too. I'm like trying to like swallow as I'm talking. <laughs> right? Because it has like this yeah. weird like sweetness to it. That is great. I'm yeah. I'm here I figured for that. that I wanted to try that and thought about this occasion. Yeah. Uh, if you don't want me asking, how much does a bottle of that run? I don't remember. Yeah. Seriously. I, I, I really don't. I think the Noah Mill is uh, like anywhere from like 35 to 40. I yeah, think. I was going to say. Something like mm. that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just enjoying this. Yeah, I know. I'm just sipping this. This is really good. Wish you were here, Brandon. Uh, Landon. You'll I like know. this. You have anything? Yeah. Me, you drinking anything? Me too. Are you drinking anything? Uh, no. Uh, not till later. Dang. Not till later. Are you going to hit it up at the bar when you do? Yeah, I am because that game, uh, uh, Tech is playing Texas in basketball, and it's the most hyped game uh, in a, in a couple of years. Wait, what are and, they ranked? Uh, I'm looking at this. So Tech is Texas Tech is 13 right now. Correct. And Texas, and Texas is 24. 24. Yeah. Now okay. the drama, the drama is that Odom, if you're not familiar, is that uh, Chris Beard was Texas Tech head coach. Took us to great heights, played the national championship a couple years ago. At the end of last season, he took a job at Texas, and it was a felt to tech fans, it felt like a betrayal because that whole season this, he was, This is my home, we are here, we got pump jack mentality, we're making it work, or whatever, you know. Yeah, well, I hope you guys beat them because <laughs> they beat my Vols uh, a few days ago. Oh, oh, that's right, they did, yeah. 
Yeah, Tennessee like volunteered. Three points By or one something? point. One point, yeah. Yeah, because the Tennessee couldn't convert in the very last second. Yeah. What what's Tennessee ranked right now? I don't know. I have to, yeah. have to take a look. But yeah, so it's it's the first time Tech will play Texas. And honestly, when he announced he was leaving, people circled t- today on their calendars a year ago. Like they were like, yeah. This is it. Dude, that's like uh when uh, Lane Kiffin did that to Tennessee Volunteers football. Uh huh. And he left like overnight. They had to like leave overnight because he was leaving for UCLA. Oh, <laughs> we had a football coach do that who left. He was on a recruiting meeting with one of the one of, with one of the football uh, players who was about to join us. He snuck out during the dinner and left and went to Cincinnati. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, they still hate Lane Kiffin so much because of the way he left Tennessee. Well, yeah, he, yeah. I mean, they hate that guy. It's so funny the way we like you just you just get so mad at these coaches. Like and like Chris Beard, I get it. He he's actually an alumni from Texas, so eventually I knew he was going to go back. Money talks, man. It does that and being like an alumni. Well, he's he's not even making that much more money. It was really that that is his alma mater because Tech was – he was already like one of the top couple of coaches in college basketball at Tech. And I think the salary difference isn't that much. And Tech offered him – The lifetime contract. A lifetime lifetime rolling contract. Yeah. Wow. Basically to where he would be top three paid college basketball coach, you know, every year. Wow. He just – that's amazing. You That's know? a great deal. So, yeah, yeah, but then he left, so it's, you know. But 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 Carson's at the game, and he's been camping out, like, since last night. He said he's about 1,400th in line for the students. <laughs> Will he get in? Uh, yeah, he'll get in. He got a ticket, but the camp out is to get good seats. Oh, oh is it right. just, just uh, open seating? Tech does open seating. Every student gets a ticket for football games, and it's just first come, first serve. And then for basketball – the big game. You have to get them online. You have to get your tickets online, and then it's still first come, first serve. So the earlier you are online, the closer you are to the Holy court. cow. It was yeah. fun when we were there. I mean, I know a lot of people had to actually pull seats and stuff. And What do you guys just, like, literally just uh, have, like, a chair? You just sit there overnight? Yeah, I remember when I, my freshman year, camping out for the UT and the A&M football games were huge. And so if we were playing UT at 7 o'clock at night, you would get literally in line at 7 p.m. the night before You'd camp out overnight, and then you would. Who uh, takes all your equipment and chair and for you? You, you kind of work it out with a few people. Whoever doesn't have class is kind of holding down the fort, you know. It's uh, and then actually we had Raider Village, which you could camp literally in tents for a week up to the game, and every day you were camping, they would walk around and give you like a voucher. Right, and every voucher you got got you a little bit closer to the front of the line. And so, if you had seven yeah. vouchers, you could be in the first fifty people to get into the game. Dude, that's dedication, man. It was it's fun, that. right? Yeah, Raider Village. And that was I think they did that for like the last time we played A and M back in like twelve two thousand twelve, and then just about every UT game they did it for. So yeah. I mean, it was you know, it was fun, good yeah. times. <laughs> So, you know, I'm envious of those kids now. However, I will say in hindsight, the things we did in college, you know, like. Just, you wouldn't do now, though, would no, you? No, like showing your ass to that extent, you no. know, like looking back now, I'm like. What else do you have to do when you were in college? Right, but like I see those kids, I'm like, why are you flipping off the bus? 
Like he's just it's just the other team. Don't do that. Everyone on Twitter can see you doing that. Well, today's world changes, man, with <laughs> exactly. the, with with the uh, modern phone. It does. I'm like, you know, <laughs> but uh, you know, I'm sure I did it 10 years ago too, so yeah, you'd be on a Twitter feed feed somewhere or Instagram <laughs> feed somewhere, and then your mom sees it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. Your f- Facebook friends, your mom. Yeah. But social media wasn't as crazy when we were there. It wasn't as like every five seconds somebody's picking it up and checking yeah. it. You know. Yeah. But uh, okay, so what's the next thing we're gonna roll into? Are we just gonna roll right uh, into? Wait, let's try the uh, the second bourbon. Did you already finish that? Yeah, dude. Oh I finished man. It. Okay, here, let me catch up. Yeah. What's the second whiskey you guys are trying? So I got the whistle pig rye. So so that's the first one, and the second one is, is Noah Mills bourbon. So the first one is a was that a whiskey? Br- uh, rye, rye, yeah. And this one's bourbon. Yes. Yeah. So, are you are you uh, still Ooh. filled up? Yeah, I, get, I won't give I you one, that much. I get one more sip. Get some crackers in you. <laughs> right, really. That's okay. I grab some chicken on the way over. I'm drinking with an empty stomach, so by by the time the show is over with, I may be a little drunk. Calling it Uber home? <laughs> yeah. No. It smells good. It smells sweet. So, Landon, how long have you been in uh, Waco? Uh, I drove up on Sunday. Okay. Oh, and who knows what's going to happen at the end of this week because uh, – uh, winter storm Landon is going to hit. Is that what they're oh, calling it? Appropriately, oh. Landon. Yeah, yeah, that's what they're calling it. Winter storm Landon. So people have been talking about it, and our home office has been talking about closing on Thursday, depending on how bad it is. And so I don't know if I'm going to be stranded here because <laughs> we're supposed to get snow in and Waco. I'm not driving home in Waco, yeah, and oh. it's supposed to come down to Austin. I'm like, I'm not going to get on 35 and no, drive dude, in that crap. Dude, I saw the temp, and I said, well, there's no carping this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, not at all. <laughs> I yeah. saw it was like teens mm. it was so, the, at night. Oh, yeah. And maybe... In the 20s in the 20s morning. 20s and uh, low 30s. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. It was so funny. The rumors going around school, everyone's like, oh, school's going to be canceled on Thursday. You know, kids get all excited. Not unless it snows. There's not going to be any. Well, they canceled it two weeks ago when it was nothing. But I think I was overly precautious because of the um, the winter storm that happened last yeah. year. You know, so now every little thing they're like. Snowpocalypse last yeah. year? Yeah, really. Oh, that was crazy. That was awesome. <laughs> it, was, it was. We kept our heat. So we're like, it was awesome. I know people yeah. who lost power and water and they're like. So we oh. lost power, but we still had gas. Oh, so you guys could cook yeah, and eat we and could, everything. We could, yeah, we, still, we had bottled water and we oh, had yeah. everything. And so, but but flush so to conserve water, we would go out there and uh, dig up snow mm-hmm. and melt it in the bathtub. Yep, and our yeti, and we get our yeti bucket yeah, and, fill, and fill fill the toilet up with with snow water. You know what? That forty dollar nice. bucket come in, came in handy. Oh, yeah. Dude, yeah, we we improvised pretty quickly. You know what's so funny? My wife made fun of me for so long. Anytime there was like bad weather on the radar, I would go out buy like a jug of water, some ramen or some soups and stuff. You know, just to be prepared. You know, and we would never really get it as bad as like Houston would or something. And then that happened. I'm like, we got everything now. She's like, I'm sorry, I never meant to. Yeah. Dude, She's like, buy I whatever ate, you want now. I ate some rum and some <laughs> boiled rum because we had we had water and yeah. we had stove, right? And that's, that's, that's what you much. do. And so we're and in fact, our refrigerator because our power went out. Mm-hmm. I threw all the food outside because it was colder outside. Than it, was it was cold enough to keep yeah. it. Yeah. So that's what I did. And then, uh, man, I ate a lot of instant ramen. <laughs> yeah. 
we had boxing. I'm Asian, so we always have that in our pantry, right? Yeah, just a so, bunch of it, ready yeah. to go. It was awesome. Oh yeah, it was like camping. It was great. <laughs> yeah, it was camping. You know what camping is? Playing homeless. <laughs> yeah. <pretty good>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, let's taste this and see how it tastes. So this is the not Rowan's Creek, Noah's Mill. This, Noah Noah's Mill. Okay, this is bourbon. Sweeter. Much sweeter. Yeah, not as spicier. Not as spicy, but no, but wow. Pretty smooth. There's like a fruit, like a, but it's not like, it's like candied fruit, you know? Almost like a fruit roll-up type flavor. Mm. Really? It's not super strong. It's just like, it. There's. it's very, and I think... Coming off the rye that isn't as sweet, going to the bourbon that is the sweeter thing. I think comparing the two, now you're feeling that sweetness hit with a little bit of that fruitiness almost come out. It's oh, that's great. Yeah, it tastes good. Man, I wish I was there. I do not like this being not there. <laughs> you don't. Yeah. you don't want us to tell free you free bourbon. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and free really good bourbon. <laughs> free bourbon. Who can't beat that? Oh man. It is actually good. That might be one I pick up every time I see, or just to have one at home. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good value pick, man. Yeah, under you know? fifty bucks. I, in fact, you know, you, everybody always hears about these buffalo trays and all that stuff. It's all right, but compared to that, I, I like it better. Yeah, oh, I yeah. mean, if you have a choice between just your normal, like what everybody sees, I'm not talking to all the 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 high end buffalo trace one, but the no mill, mm-hmm. nose mill, and and buffalo the regular buffalo trace. I think no mail wins. Oh, me too. Yeah, because yeah. that's typically like, because it's a relatively good price point. So yeah. I have a few bottles <laughs> of that at home. Buffalo Trace, that's kind of like my go-to if yeah. I can find it. And um, You can find it everywhere now, I think. That's the thing is that, you know, like my dad was on the hunt for me. I had a couple bottles I was finding and buying. And now it's like, yeah, everyone gets Buffalo Trace every other week. So yeah, I'm like, okay. like Bush Light. Which I'm fine with, you know, like to be honest. I like bourbon hunting, but also I like being able to go and know and get what I want. Yeah, exactly <laughs> so right. Like, yeah, you know? yeah. And, and Noah's Mill is this is really good. It is for and the price. It's it's sold out every now and then, right? But you can you can find it if you look. Yeah, yeah. And some so sometimes if I go in and I pass the store, if I know I'm going to pass, you just hop in. or something. I just hop in real quick and yeah. see if there's one, and it's actually pretty good. Have you ever just found a Blanton's walking in? <laughs> Um, yeah, but it was highly overpriced. Yeah, they had it yeah. like, oh, we know this is yeah, Blanton's. Yeah, yeah. It's, I don't, because the Blanton's I get is like 100 bucks. Yeah. You know, the one that's based on the actual price. Right. Yeah, the retail. Yeah, the retail, not secondhand markup. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And the Blanton's, it does have a distinctive taste, uh, I have to admit, because you can taste, I like, oh, that's sweet, because it is sweeter than most. Bourbon. It is, Yeah. That's why I like Angel's Envy, too, because it's a little bit sweeter than most, too. Yeah. Have you taken any of those tours in Louisville? I've not. This summer, my dad and I, are. we meant to do it last year, but we ended up doing a baseball tour of New York. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that on your Instagram. Yeah. so that was awesome. My dad, oh, it was, it was so much. Like, if you could talk about a better trip to take with your dad than a baseball and Americana tour, that was the one to do, you know. Yeah. It was so great. And then, um, but we meant to do this because he lives in Tennessee, yeah. But we didn't have time. So this summer, I'm going up, and we're going to spend three days in Kentucky doing the bourbon trail. Yeah. So. We did that. We went – I did it twice. Okay. And I did it with uh, – I think they call it the tours, like Mint Tulip. Uh-huh. Tour. And there's a special group that does that. 
and I got to tour all those places, man. I got to see Buffalo Trace, um, uh, Heavens, uh, what is it? The, um, the, the those guys who produce like a thousand brands, uh, Heaven Hill, I think. Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, Wild Turkey, mm-hmm. um, Jim Bean. I know Maker's Marks up Maker's there. Maker's Mark. Yep. Um, man, I'm trying to think who else we did. Uh, like Castle and Key is the new one that was out there. Castle and Key. That's not the one. It looked like a castle, and it's it's a renovated old looking castle. That really. Yeah, and she was the first, The well, she's no longer there, but she was the first female um, distillery master um, in, in, in in Louisville. Really? Yeah, uh, uh, period. Yeah. Yeah, so I got to see all those, and so did two tours of that, and it was um, like each year. Wherever the NRA show was, uh-huh. that's where we went. You just and go so, there. And yeah, then and then so we'd go to the, so Louisville was like in 2019, I think. Uh-huh. And uh, the NRA show was there. We attend the NRA show. Then, secondly, we would go to these the, uh, the, the, the bourbon tour. I don't think you'd argue for a better weekend. Yeah, that was awesome, so, dude. Yeah, I mean, we saw guns, bourbon, well, everything you it, need. Yeah, well, you well, I mean, not, hopefully not at the same time. But. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, okay, uh, which three would you go, or would you say were your favorite? Like, Man. if I go, make sure I go to those three. I love the campus of uh, first Bullet. Oh, so Bull and Rye. Uh-huh. So I got to see that. That was a beautiful campus. Okay, but the most, the most beautiful campus I, that I liked was Buffalo Trace. Really? Yeah. There's there's a photo that that I took of that buffalo and that, that you know the iconic buffalo that's on their label. Mm-hmm. There's there's actually a statue there with that same buffalo, and um, I love it. It was just. You get to see how you actually get to go into this little building where bland is labeled by hand, and they 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 packaged it up, and you see it, and and next to that is a store where they just literally put out the bottles of Blanton out there, uh-huh. and luckily that day they actually had some, really? and they put it out there like, oh, get one. So you, you, of course, you only limit to one per, per person, right? Right. And so, but I still, though, I mean, you buy a bottle of Blanton's from that's the right. actual distillery. Yeah, and normally it's not out. They said normally it's not out. Yeah. Luckily, that day happens to they they happen they to just have had it out. a few. Yeah, that's awesome. And they were labeling it and putting it out like perfect. Yeah, yeah. That was my favorite. The the Buffalo the Buffalo Trace. Trace. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, you know Buffalo Trace owns Blanton. Yeah, I think that's the one where first you're going to try to go to. My dad, my dad likes bourbon. He's not super crazy. Like he's not like, oh, I want to try everything. But he does like Buffalo Trace a lot. Yeah. And um, he lives, you know, I said just outside Tennessee, and so he can typically he'll find bottles. Um, and he goes to uh, he was in the military for a while, so he goes to the Class Six on base, and he can find you know different allocated bottles and stuff there as well. Yeah. A little bit easier. We were supposed to go to the NRA show in Nashville in 2020, but COVID happened, so that was canceled. But Changed everything. On top of that, we were supposed to go to Lynchburg yeah. and take all those uh, whiskey tours, Tennessee whiskey, whiskey and the distillery tour. Yeah, but that got canceled. And of course, my parents live in Nashville, so it was like three things we could have done: the NRA right shows, get to see my parents, and then you know get to uh, visit the all the tours around the. the Whiskey distillery places. Yeah, Lynchburg is fun. Uh, it's just crazy how it's so dry. Is we it talk- still a dry county? Yeah, it's still a dry county. It, really? Yep. But they do, uh, you can taste it as long as you don't take the last tour of the day. So my wife and I, when we went, we were just dating, and we took the tour. And Why is that? 
It's something with, because like the last tour of the day gets done at 4.30 or something like that. And the way the legislation worked out, you cannot serve past four or something like that. I don't know. It's real weird. But if you if you do go, do not take the last tour of the day. <laughs> yeah. You will not be able to taste anything. Yeah. Outside of, the, you know, they, they take their charcoal silos and they like lift the the lid really fast. So they're like, open your mouth. It's like, it's practically the same thing as tasting it. I'm like, it's not. It's not <laughs> <though."> <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so they let you smell it? They let you smell oh, it. And they're, no, like, no. they're like, if you open your mouth wide enough, it's like tasting no, it. Like, no. But it's not, though. It's not. Come on, man. <laughs> I mean, it is weird. I mean, like, when they do that, it is weird. Like, it feels it feels like when you take, like, a really hot uh, uh, bourbon sip, you know? Yeah. Like, it's like, who you know, kind of takes your breath away. But it's not the same as actually trying any bourbon. <laughs> no, it's like smelling fume from a gas tank. <laughs> exactly. There you go. I mean, it takes you your breath away because you're, like, probably dying. Yeah. You know? <laughs> All right. Hey, Lynn, do you have a fun over there in Winko? <laughs> yeah, this is fantastic. <laughs> I wish I was there. Dude, we were having so much fun here. We are. We I, think, I, th- I think this bourbon is kind of kicking in. Especially the hot one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, so right. Uh, Landon, are you ready to get into some articles? I am. Yeah, I have a good one, All actually. Right. So what are you doing? You're doing a... Uh, uh, Conservation. All right, here we go. All right. So, sulfuric acid waste from Austin Samsung facility spills into local tributary, city says. Uh, a memo sent to the Austin City Council this week says a large discharge of sulfuric acid waste from the Samsung plant left virtually no surviving aquatic life in a local tributary. Um, the memo from the city's watershed protection department says that over a period as long as 106 days, up to 763,000 gallons of acidic waste reached a stormwater pond on the Samsung property uh, located on Samsung Boulevard in northeast Austin. That waste impacted the nearby tributary of Harris Branch Creek, killing the aquatic life in the tributary. Um they were alerted, the Watershed Protection Department was alerted by the Texas Commission on Environmental Quality on Tuesday, January 18th. Um, a more a majority of the watershed was contained on site. However, a portion was inadvertently released into an unnamed small tributary that is upstream of Harris Branch Creek. We immediately stopped the release, retained a leading environmental engineering company as a partner and took action to implement a solution to minimize impact to the environment and restore the tributary. That is uh, from a Samsung, Samsung spokesperson. So Samsung is geared towards correcting this. That is correct. According to this article, which is CBS Austin. Okay. So um, where does this tributary lead to does. Landon? It said unnamed, but oh. it's, uh, it's part of the Harris branch Creek, but uh, it released into an unnamed small tributary that is that is upstream. Um, scientists say despite the tributary being affected temporarily, the water's pH and wildlife at Harris Branch Creek were not impacted. Um, they are fully cooperating with the agency and providing daily updates on their remediation process, process while scientists will performing weekly surveys to monitor the water quality until remedi- remediation is complete. Um, the memo noted the area's access is limited to the public with no nearby parks, um, nor indications of homeless encampments. 
Uh, however, they will be testing to see if there are any impacts on human health. Hmm. Okay. <clears throat> so right now, this doesn't. So it's they're worried about what it can do, but it hasn't actively like it hasn't caused like, a big fish kill or anything. Yeah. So. Here it says the Harris Branch Creek is confirmed to be unaffected, but earlier in the article, um, it says that the waste also impacted the nearby tributary, killing the aquatic life in the tributary. And so I think, you know, it seems like, you know, one, the Harris Branch Creek uh, tributary you know, it got obliterated by this. Right. And then it seems like where they released a little bit of water that went into the unnamed creek, that that has been unaffected. Yeah. Wait, did they um, did they intentionally do this, or was it just an accident? It seems the... it seems accidental. Okay. Like, and so the way this... Accidental like it was a leak, or accidental like as in, we meant to get rid of this, but we did not mean for it to cause this damage. Seems like uh, accidental leak. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. But you know that's that's kind of like a catch twenty two, right? I mean, it's great to have these semiconductor companies to come into your state to provide jobs and modernization, but then at the same time, there's also a price to pay sometimes too because of all these accidental discharge or accidents, right? In general. Well, it's like. So many of these large companies are moving, especially to Austin. To Austin, yeah. You know where there's so many of those areas and so many of those little Tesla's coming, Apple. Yeah, I mean everyone's building a campus there that's you know an acre or a couple acres wide. You know, so I don't know. I'm fine with San Antonio for now. Yeah, right. Yeah, you look at that and you're like, I'm like, I'm good. Yeah, I'll take my uh, I don't have to deal with I-35. Oh man, I know. Right. You know. Yeah, it seems like, you know, like you said, there is a price to pay. It just seems like we hear about this more often than we should, right? Like a fish kill because of a leak or something. Yeah, yeah, this is a common reoccurring issue that we hear about more than we should. And it's like, you know, Samsung in this article, you know, I mean, I'm sure they have a PR department. They're trying to spin this the way that they want it to be spun, you know, and uh, there probably is some of that, you know, going on here. But, like, does Samsung really care? You know, do they actually care about what's going on? No, they or... care about the optics. Well, okay, yeah, no, they care, they care about... Yeah. No, no, they obviously care about the optics. Um, they gave statements in this memo, you know, which probably were given by their PR team um, to make sure, you know, and obviously I think if there is a spill, they want to step into action and do as much as they can to mitigate their damages um, and how they look. But on the front end, like, this went on for 106 days, and it was noticed 106 days later. Right. So on the front end, do they really care? Right. Obviously, they care now because it's bad optics. Dude, but 106 on days, end, that's like three months. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's like... No, seriously. Yeah. Let Nobody's, me translate that. That's a quarter. Yeah. Nobody's sitting here thinking about, like, what's going on. Yeah. Something we should look in, look at. And Austin's got so many little creeks and stuff that are great fishing. Right. Yeah, you look at like like Brushy Creek and places like that. Right, I these mean, tiny things that are so and fragile. It, and it, they're fragile. I mean, yeah. just a little bit, 10,000 gallons. And But this is like, what, 763,000? Right, that could replace a whole creek system. You that's know? a lot of gallons. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of gallons. <laughs> but, yep, Zach, that's what I got this week. Gotcha. That's my uh, conservation article. 
there's any updates, I will update us in the future. I like it. Uh, okay. Well, hey, uh, going off that, I have a little conservation corner I'm going to add. Okay. Mine is a little more upbeat, though, uh, because I want to talk about some successes that have happened in 2021 for conservation. So, the first one being a large turtle that was originally thought to have died in 2019, right? The last known species of the Swinnow's soft-shell turtle. They thought that the last known female died in 2019. However, they were able to capture one last year. So, they still recognize her as being the last female of her species, but they have a lot of hope believing that because this one's a little bit younger, they should be able to uh, breed and actually recover the species. Or at least that's what they're hoping. But there's, so, but there's no male version of that. So how are they going to do that? There is a male version. Oh, okay. Uh, yes, but the the last female they thought died okay. in 2019. All right. Yeah, so they thought essentially the species was going to die out, but now there's still hope. And, um, and what's the region that, that, that the turtle's around? That region was, it does not say. Austin, Texas. <laughs> Austin, Texas. Mm-hmm. And now that female is too dead because of Samsung. Yes. So <laughs> that's not true. But <laughs> um, there was an extinct Australian mouse that was rediscovered on the islands. It is called the Gold's Field Mouse, which thought it was wiped out after the introduction of an invasive species, but populations of the species have been established on multiple islands in Shark Bay, close to Australia. Ooh, the most wanted fish was tracked down in Turkey. So a critically endangered Diyarbakir loach has been found after vanishing for almost five decades. So they actually thought this fish was extinct, but they uh, collected this uh, loach as they were doing some normal kind of uh, you know fish surveys and stuff like that. So uh, after a dam was built in the 80s, it sliced its habitat. And so they thought that it had gone away completely. But there is hope for the future of the Diyarbakir loach. Wait, so Australia found this special mouse. Yes. You know they have a plague there, right? The golds also... No, no, like Australia has a mouse plague. That the mice just die? Or they have no, too many mice? No, they have like a plague of m- mice <laughs> there no, right yeah. now. In, I mean, like literally right now is one of the worst mouse plague in living memories. Really? Yeah. yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. I did not know that either. Yeah, look that up. It'll be great for your next article. The mouse plague, I like that. Yeah. I mean, it's like it comes like, I, I don't know, every 10, 15 years... And it's, it's it's just everywhere. Just not my stuff. Yeah. The guys told me when I was in, and let's just go to the, uh, skip a little bit to Argentina. In Argentina, there's like every, I don't know, 20 years, they have these mice and it's a plague. Uh-huh. And here's the thing. When these mice are around, they cross rivers, little mice, and rainbows and, and trouts would eat them. Like browns are smash, yeah, smashing anything. Them. And then when you, like, during this time period, they say when you fish for them, uh-huh. you can actually feel the mice inside the belly. Oh, my And God. they're just smacking. Like you just things. land a trout and yeah, all of a sudden like, you feel something feel moving like around. Yeah. Oh. Well, it, may not, it may not be moving around. <laughs> you can feel but that. The, yeah, you can feel, like, living mice inside the tummy. <laughs> oh, 
man. <laughs> so the guys were telling me, like, you should come during that time when it happens. Oh, man. Like, Can you imagine dude. mousing for him? Yeah. Uh, middle of the night, awesome. you know, for big browns during a mouse a mouse hatch. Yeah, that's what <laughs> that's literally what it is. It's yeah. a plague. It's a mouse hatch. It happens doing when this I forgot what I should have remembered, but it's this certain flower that blooms uh-huh. and these mice come out. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Kinda like all the chup uh, not the chupacabras, the um the cicadas that came out this last year. Yeah, it's, you it's know. imagine cicadas, but mice. But mice. Yeah. That'd be weird, though. Yeah, dude. I mean, like, like I can deal with cicadas, rainbow, you know. But can you imagine us having mice running all over, all over the place? And then you're just uh, fishing for trout, and you feel this lump inside the tummy. <laughs> so gross. Mice. Oh man. Like, yeah. <laughs> okay, and I do have one more. I got a creature watch or a creature watch follow up. And so. Uh, last week, I brought you guys the most recent Bigfoot sighting, and I did a little research, and I found out that some people have been seeing some chupacabras recently. Mm. However, if you are, if you guys don't remember, chupacabras, they are known as the goat eater because for so many years, they were thought to break into livestock and farms and ranches, and they would suck the blood from goats, leaving everything, their organs, all intact. The only thing that w- there would be would be a gash in the neck, and the animal would have been drained of their blood. So kind of like a vampire. Um, Every once in a while, somebody will say they've seen a chupacabra. Uh, You guys know about the $5 tent at the state fair, or not the state fair, the county fair, the Kendall County Fair, where you can go pay your 5 or 10 bucks, and they'll take you to the back of the tent. Who knows what you see? I don't know. It's been a mystery since I was 8 years old. But (laughs) We still haven't done that. We have not done it. Although I did waste my time and go to the Chupacabra exhibit at the... Uh, San Antonio Zoo. At the San Antonio Zoo. No, yep. the San Antonio Zoo's got nothing on Kendall County, Kendall County Fair. Wait, where's Kendall County? It's really Bernie. Nice. Oh, okay, Bernie. Okay. Yeah, no, when I was a kid, uh, you know, my dad lived in Bernie before he moved to Tennessee. And every time we went to the county fair, there was this guy who had this white... I remember it so vividly. He had a white tent that had walls all around it. You drop $10 into an aquarium that he had, like, you know, there wasn't any water in it, but he was like, you drop your $10 in here, I'll take you to the back of my tent, and I'll show you a real chupacabra. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I begged my dad to do it. He never did, because my, my dad, you know, he was like, no, we're not going to waste money on that. I know what's back there. It's a stuffed animal, you know. Yeah. It'll, so, be a, it'll be a horse painted like a zebra. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I told these guys about it, and now our goal is to go to like a county fair and find that guy with his. Chupacabra you got a document, yeah. You got to make a documentary on that. Oh yeah, you know, the honey hole angler. And discovery. maybe we're missing out. Maybe the real chupacabra is hiding in the back of that tent. <laughs> who yeah, knows? Yeah. Who the, knows what else he's gonna show you? Honey hole uh, angler <laughs> discovery channel. Exactly. Uh, so. Anyways, uh, the most recent one, right? So most chupacabras look kind of like a dog, kind of like a hairless dog, you know. Uh, However, they are now finding these creatures. Like more and more sightings are happening in Alabama, Louisiana, right? Uh, Maybe even a little bit in Mississippi. And in 2020, let's see, in December of 2020, somebody saw what looked like a chupacabra. 
they said it was running around the their farm, just kind of running around there like, we've never seen anything like this. It did not look like any kind of dog they had ever seen, any kind of coyote or anything. But it was very skinny. It almost had like leathery fur, and they said it had bright red eyes. And, of course, when they actually spoke to the wildlife conservation group, uh, they said it was probably an itchy dog that had mange. <laughs> so... <laughs> So, uh, there you go. There's your <laughs> Chupacopra update. Uh, keep your eyes out for any leathery, hairless dogs. It might be just a Chupacabra waiting. Dude, that's just a stray in San Antonio. Oh, man. It's just a San Antonio stray. Yeah. Yeah, I've been down the south side. I know, yeah. I know what's running around. <laughs> it's a dog. lot of interesting things you yeah. will see in the sidewalks oh, on like, the south side. Exactly. Like dogs, I'm like, who are you? I have dude, no I saw, clue how you're I saw made. a dude that was just hopped up on meth. Just running around. He almost got hit. Oh, really? There, there, there was, it was that day that I did an Instagram story. This yeah. dude was just all like glazed up, oh, dude. Man. He was messed. That's the, yeah. That's, uh, you don't never hope for that, but. Yeah. Well, uh, Landon, you got anything else? No, I'm I I'm good. All right. I'm just chilling here on the phone, feeling <laughs> bored. Down there in Waco, man. Or up there in Waco. Waco doing insurance claims. All right, so Odom. Yeah. We've seen the pictures. I'm dying to know more about your 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 trip. Hey, actually, Zach, I'm What's gonna up? stop you before we get oh, too far. Let okay. me let me ask the questions oh, that okay. were sent in. Then we'll get into um, it. Yeah, sounds good. Let's see here. So starting with Ty on the fly asked, Does it bother you when you take Ty fishing and he catches more fish than you? <laughs> Yeah, it does, especially when he catches a mirror carp on his second time with me. <laughs> Ticks me off, man. Yeah, but so, uh, yeah, so it's a little funny story. that it's, uh, So Ty's one of my friends that I would take uh, fishing with me. And um, he lives in the Waco area. And, and one time uh, he was visiting San Antonio. So I said, hey, man, why don't we go carping together? I'll show you what carp's all about. You know, he's never done it before. And so he goes, I, I think this is the second time. And he goes and he catches uh, a carp. That's great. And then he says, hey, Odom, come come over here. I think I caught like a weird looking carp. I'm like, what? A weird looking carp. So I would go and, and sure enough, this thing's like a seven to eight pound mirror carp. And, you know, in, in the Texas Hill Country, so for those who, you know, live other places, mirror carp is kind of like a, a, a rarity. And so he catches this carp, and it's a mirror carp. I'm like, dude, that's a mirror carp. That's a huge mirror carp. I hate you. <laughs> and so, you know, but nevertheless, I was actually happy for him because, you know, it doesn't happen very often that you catch a mirror carp, and he caught that. And uh, I was stoked for him. At the same time, I hated him. So, But I took some photos for him to, to have memories of that, and I was so happy for him, though. Uh, it's It's always good to see your friends catch something like a, uh, 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 almost a unicorn in, in, in the hill country. So, yeah, I do get mad, but I'm happy for him. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by the NHL on TNT. When it comes to hockey, the Stanley Cup playoffs are built different. Experience the intensity and insanity on the ice and off it from now through June on TNT and TBS. 
Get ready for seven game rounds of knockdowns, dragouts, pressure, and agony as teams go head to head without ever letting up. The Stanley Cup playoffs are known for more than just a few cracked ribs and black eyes. Pushing through the pain is the name of the game. With so much edge of your seat action, you'll refuse to shave or change your jersey. Don't say we didn't warn you. Ready to feel the rush? Watch the Stanley Cup playoffs now on TNT and TBS. FX presents Under the Banner of Heaven. This case I'm working on, it's a double murder. Inspired by the true crime bestseller by John Krakauer. Oh my God. And starring Academy Award nominee Andrew Garfield. The evidence points to things and to beliefs that I have only ever heard whisperings about. FX's Under the Banner of Heaven. Only Thursdays, only on Hulu. So the next question is... Um, how long have you been fly fishing? Since 2015. So what's that? Uh, November, I think cause I started November 2015, so it's not too long ago. Um, so what, seven years at the most? Yeah. Yeah. So, but, what? but, but, you know, Landon, I spend a lot of time in the waters, you know? Uh, so it, some people say they fish for 40 years, but that's 40 times going to, to destination fishing or something. But man, I, ma- I made a lot of mistakes, took a lot of time learning and um, fish with my friend Marco for the longest time from over the weekends. But yeah, not, not too long, actually. You know, so when you really think about it in the life of fly fishing for most folks, I've done it less than um, seven years. So I have I have a question, Odom, for you. People assume that you don't have a job and all you do is fish. Um, <laughs> fish and take pictures. Would, would you care to comment on that? Yeah, I do. Uh, so I, I, I do fish quite a bit, and most of it is on weekends or sometimes on Fridays. In the summertime, um, it's a few hours stent. So, you know, in the summertime, the days are longer. So the sun doesn't set until, what, 8.30 sometimes for us. Yeah. So I can get off of work and fish from 5 to 8.30. So that's good three-hour stent. And, yeah, so, uh, but it, there are days that, yeah, I can fish, but it's for a short period of time. But mostly my fishing is around from Friday to Sunday. Yeah. Uh, it, I'll take a day off now and then on, on a Friday to go fish. And and I like that because there's nobody around on Fridays. Or I extend it and I may do like a Saturday to Monday. Yeah. Monday's a great day too because less people at, take off Monday. Yeah, less people take off Monday and I go fishing on Monday and there's just nobody around. Yeah. Yeah. So. But I do have a job <laughs> and and it actually pays for what I'm doing is fly fishing, right? So yeah. I can get to do all that stuff. You know, I always tell my kids that um you work to sometimes pay for the hobbies that you love. And that's what, that's what I do. And I, and I personally can't confirm Odom does work. We work in the same industry. So, uh, <laughs> I know that he works. Yeah. Um, somebody has to pay for talk- all those gears and fishing trips. Really? That's, and you know what? Yeah. Right. You got, you got to work so that way you can pay to do it. Yeah. 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 Uh, Will asked us a question. Um, does your son enjoy fishing? 
and maybe you talk about fishing with your with your son because you guys go out occasionally, or maybe more than more than we see you. Um, yeah. Yeah. He, that he, a, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, my son does enjoy fishing. He's just not fanatical about it like I am. How old is he? He well, he started fly fishing at I think the age of nine when we first moved okay. here yeah. in Texas. So he's fourteen now. Okay. And um, yeah, so he does, but with kids, they have low attention span. So if they're not like if he's catching, catching something, something. He, he just loses interest. And so I was like, go go flip a rock or throw rocks or whatever. <laughs> go flip a rock. <laughs> <laughs> go flip a rock. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, so he does enjoy it. And I'm just trying to teach him that fishing is not always about catching. Yeah. For me, it's also, uh, for me, the other part is photography. Yeah. Right? So if when I get to that point where, well, fishing is not catching, then I could do photography. Mm-hmm. And so to answer the question, yes, he enjoys it as long as it's, it's, he's catching. Yeah. And that's just typical. I think that's just typical. And that's, for when, kids. when we were all that age, that's, you know, that's, we all get hooked yeah. on fishing because we go out there with worms and catch panfish all day. You yeah. know, like that's what's fun, you know. And I will tell you this I mean, if, if you want your kids not to be bored, and, and you, you said it right, Zach, is that take him to uh, fishing for sunfish and, yeah. and, and, uh, and perch and stuff. Because those things will take anything, dude. You just throw anything in the water. Yeah. Like, as long as it fits their mouth, yep. they'll take it and they'll always catch them. That's that's the first thing I, d- I took my kid to was yeah. to catch for those fish because they're so aggressive. Some fish are aggressive. It's so much fun. Like, On a to three-way. this day, I'll go. Exactly, right? Yeah. Like I have a little three-way or like even like a fiberglass five. I'll go out. I'll catch panfish all day and I'll have a blast doing it. Yeah, and so that's where I did. I took him to this place that we liked when, on, the, on the Blanco. And he was just catching guads and sunfish for every almost every other throw. Yeah, with small little uh, flies, yeah. right? Uh, Easy to fits, throw. That's right. It fits yeah. in their mouth uh, for the sunfish, and th- those things will just bite on anything, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you do top water, you get that little you know little bite action on top. And yeah, so he does. And uh, you know, I've taken him to Alaska, Colorado. Um, you know, of course, the guad. Um, I'm trying to think of all the places I've taken him. Um, Austin, um, the Texas Hill Country. So yeah. he's gone. He's gone a lot of places. You know, Alaska is one of his biggest trip. But he'll go fish pretty much any place you guys go. If you're like, hey, I'm going to go fish. You want to go with me? He'll he'll be down. Yeah, he'll be down as long as not it's so uh, as long as not it's like hot heat of summer. Yeah, dude, I took him one time to like to to go carping, and he caught his carp. Uh huh. Unbelievable! He I mean, did it. it was awesome. Yeah, and he would have caught two, and but the one that he ca- he could have caught was my mistake because I was at a different angle. But this thing, this carp was at least twenty eight inches. Oh man! And um, from my angle, it looked like the carp took because I was more in the back view. The mm-hmm. carp took the uh, the uh, the fly, and I said, "Set, set!" And he set, and of course, it was my fault. He goes, "Dad." It was like he was at least three inches from the fly, but yeah. you told me to set, and I set. I'm like, oh, dude, that's my bad. Yeah, but um, but he redeemed himself not because of uh, his fault, but he caught one. Uh, Fifteen minutes later, he casted this perfect cast yeah. in front of in front of one that was actually shopping for food, and caught it and pulled his first carp. So. Yeah. I imagine that, that's gonna make you pretty proud. Yeah, that was that was a proud moment yeah. for me, man, because he caught that and. And it was a proud moment for him too because he thought, you know, he, he's always been told that carp is 
it's a little bit more difficult. You yeah. you have to be there. Work for it. It's different than panfish. It is. It is. And and that's what's hard for kids to understand. And and you you as parents you kind of have to live with that and, and understand that. And so um, take him to Sunfish. I said, Those things will hit anything, dude. Yeah. Yeah. But to answer your question, um, Landon, yeah, they, they, they still do. And Will, he, he still does. Um, he just does. Uh, he's, he's now kind of like at that age where he has other interests. Yeah. Did you fish with yeah. your dad growing up? No, man. So, you know, I, I came from a pretty poor family. Mm-hmm. We were immigrants. They came to this country with, uh, my parents came to this country with a few hundred dollars in their pocket. Yeah. Put five kids to college. And so my mom and dad were, were always working, trying to make ends meet and making sure the kids uh, had enough to, you know, to eat and clothes and a roof over their heads. And my dad didn't have time to do yeah, the fishing. No, he, was, he, wasn't just, he was never into that you yeah. know, because he was busy trying to keep the family fed and, and, and clothed and roof under their heads. But everything most of the time I, you know, I kind of self-taught, even as a kid when fishing. My next door neighbor and I, uh, he, who was much older than me, would take me sh- uh, uh, fishing, and I would learn from that. Yeah, yeah. So did you did you grow up in Tennessee? I did. Okay. Yeah, my parents are still there. Two of my siblings are still there. I have four siblings, and um, yeah, they're still they're still living there, and they're still uh, running a nice little business, Asian store business. It's called Inter Asian, and in fact, it's I just. I'm just boasting about my parents because I'm so proud of them. Uh, and my mom's uh, business and dad's business uh, was featured in Food and Wine magazine. Really? Uh, and they're in Bourdain. Nashville. Yeah, and Anthony Bourdain would visit um, them no and, and his staff. Yeah, you should tell your parents to go I, visit. Honestly, and I go, I visit my dad probably two Dude, or three times Dude, they make the best banh mi sandwich. That's what got featured in food and wine. Really? The next time I'm there, I'm definitely going. Yeah, so so um, it's called Inter-Asian uh-huh. uh, Market well, in Delhi. Do you know what, what, side of down, uh, what side of town is it? It's there? almost on the outskirts, uh, a little bit south of okay. uh, downtown. I mean, literally outside the, the city limits. Okay, so kind of headed towards Franklin? No, I mean like... Or just outside of downtown? It's on Nolensville Road. Okay. Nolensville Pike. You know where the old uh, country music fair used to be? Yeah, yeah. Really old back in the days? Uh-huh. That's where it is. I mean, literally, it's just half a mile from there. Okay. So, yeah, next time I'm there, I will definitely, I'll definitely yeah, go Yeah, the banh mi sandwich is, is that's widely uh, recognized and, awesome. and, and actually uh, won lots of awards locally. Yeah. Yeah, they're always in the press for that. That's awesome. And it's all handmade. My mom makes her own pate. Really? Um, yeah, the real banh mi sandwich has uh, has a little layer of pate on uh-huh. it. Because banh ban mi is a Vietnamese dish, uh-huh. uh, sandwich, and it's influenced, uh, has some influence uh, by the French. Okay. So that's why it has a little bit of pate. Yeah. Like a pate like smear almost yeah. with it. Okay. Yeah, a little bit of mayonnaise from the French. Uh-huh. And then you have your, um, they call it Vietnamese ham. And then roast pork, crispy pork, uh-huh. pickled radish, and 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 uh, carrots, cilantro, and then if you want it spicy, you put jalapenos. Uh-huh. Dude, my mouth is watering talking about you. <laughs> 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 Me too, man. I'm like, that sounds great. Yeah, and you know, I'm a foodie because by nature, grown up with like a, a mom like mine, yeah, who's almost uh, a chef. Uh, so you get to learn a lot about food. Yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So, Odom, uh, we're not into hot spotting, but someone did ask, <laughs> what river do you focus on? So, without, you know, we don't want you to give your spots away or anything. Sure. 
Um, but if you kind of talk about maybe what rivers you like to fish in the hill country. Yeah. So um, I like to fish the upper guad, right? So in the, in, in the, in the summertime. Of course, in the wintertime, it's, you know, for, for our uh, trout, we do the uh, right below the dam. And then I like to fish the uh, Blanco, the Medina. Yeah, Medina. Uh, that's, yeah. That, I like, that's I like my Medina, little gym right? there. You yeah. Know. And then the San Antonio River, uh, Paternellas. Um, now and then I get out to go to the Lano. I okay. love the Lano if I get the chance, but it's such a long drive for me. Yeah. It's a dedicated day. If yeah, I at there. least. It, almost better if you're staying the night somewhere. And yeah, you can do it. yeah. But I do love the Lano. Uh, it's not widely visited by many yeah. people. And that, you know, just the terrain, it's, it's beautiful. It is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Some great trips just floating the land. Yeah, but those, those are some of the rivers I love. And, of course, you know, now and then if I get to have some friends who have jet boats, I, I do the uh, southern Colorado as well. Yeah. Okay, but, yeah, yeah, you have to have that. Yeah. Boat. Go, you go from Weberville to, to down and up, up that river. Yeah. 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 So, uh, Odom, the next question, we got three from one person. One's Patagonia related, so we'll get to that in a minute. But the next question, uh, and this is from Jeremy, he asked, uh, uh, he knows that you like to fish on stand-up paddleboard. What is different when approaching carp on a sup compared to wading? Yeah, so I think with sup, uh, the stand-up paddleboard, uh, you're just more stealthy. And you just it, and, and if the wind's to your back, you could just cruise without even using your 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 paddle to make any noise. Right. And there's a video I just uh, a reel that I just posted I think a couple of days ago that actually shows that I snuck up to a carp no more than I don't know 15 feet away from me, uh-huh. and I casted a fly. That fly just slowly drifted and dropped right in front of it, and it took. So that's the benefit of it. It's the stealthiness of a SUP. And Even then, over kayak, you think the SUP, uh, you're, you're, you're gaining that Yeah, stealth. so the SUP is also, well, you can make it as simple as, as you can, or you can make it geared up with all sorts of junk and get your fly lines twisted in it and caught up in it, right? Right. But with the SUP, it's very simple, right? You just have your, for me at least, uh, there's two SUPs I have, one that has a seat and one doesn't. Uh-huh. And so... The less that you have, so what I would say is, you know, the less that you have on the sup is the better. So go as simple as you can. Yeah, there's, there's less things to tangle on. The only thing that I have is back, back behind me, and my lines don't get caught on that. So that may be my bag of, you know, or, or a, a, a my other sup that I showed on that reel was just a um, a, a little cooler. Uh-huh. And it doesn't get caught or anything, but everything that gets caught is right around a circumference, like three feet away from me. Right? Yeah. What um what type of sub do you have or what which one do you have? So I have two. Uh, I have a Kakuna uh, uh Kaku Kakuna, uh-huh. which is a roto mold um, SUP. That uh-huh. thing's like, dude, that thing's a tank. That doesn't nothing kills that thing. Yeah, like you, you, just, you don't worry about tipping. Yeah, that's why that's why I just take it and I rough it around portaging around rocks and and small creeks. I don't yeah. worry about it. And so it's roto mold, right? How so, heavy is it? That one I think is about seventy pounds. Okay, but you could you can just easily carry it. Yeah, you can put up a Larry chair on it. Okay, and there's no problems with that. Do you uh, just pop it in the back of your truck? Yeah, yeah, I just do. It's just perfect, and I lower the gate and put it in. No big deal. And if it's 
perfectly yeah. yeah i don't you don't even need those um extend bed yeah, extenders. Bed, yeah the little thing that kind of grabs yeah, at the you end. don't even need that so and and my bed on 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 my truck is like five and a half feet yeah well with the bed extended it's probably six and a half or yeah. seven so not so, bad at all so and what's probably 10 or 12 feet long it's 12 feet long okay yeah it's it's pretty uh it's rugged yeah i like it and so yeah so landed it gives you stealthiness and two it gives you a higher uh, perspective as well. Yeah. So if you're waiting, you know, so let's just say if you're waiting water and, and it may get be up to your waist, you don't have that vantage point as you do with a kayak or SUP. With an SUP, man, you can see that. And, of course, with your polarizer, you can see it at a different angle as well. You're seeing everything that yeah, you Yeah, it's kind of like being on a skiff. Oh. It's yeah. kind of like being on a skiff, right, on the flats. Um, but not as obviously as high as the, uh, the pull, push, pull pusher, but, yeah. That's that's exactly the benefit you get it on, on, and you get just a variety of water as well. Yeah. How are mm. you? How do you feel taking it down? Um, like, do you ever like just go downstream with it, like on the upper quad or anything like that? Yeah, yeah, I have. You feel pretty confident and comfortable taking it, like over. I mean, we don't have rapids, but yeah, over the fast, fast rapids. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I did it. Um, my last time was right before winter came and in, in the fall, and if you go back to to my Instagram photos. Uh, there's one that's just gone to right around October or September, mm-hmm. and so yeah, it's it it hits rocks, it hits bangs against. Does it? It's roto mode, so yeah. it doesn't matter. What's your other one? My other one is a inflatable. Uh huh. And so I think I'm trying to forget the name. It's I think a marina um, something drift. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's inflatable. So whenever I want to just hit easy access or maybe a solo. Session, I'll I'll take the uh, the inflatable. Yeah. Do you like it? Do you like the inflatable? Yeah, I do. I mean, there's there's pros and cons with that. Yeah. So the you, you just don't want the inflatable when it's windy. Oh my god. It just blows you around. You're <laughs> yeah. not getting anywhere. <laughs> yeah. 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 You might as well have a sail on you. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but on a calm day, it it's perfect because I, you literally can lift that inflatable up by your hand no big put deal. it under your under, underarm and carry it and throw it in and yeah. you're 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 ready off. to go yeah you're off. and it's simple uh you know you can complicate it by put a larry chair or whatever but um sometimes it's nice just to have that get on it get your bag that's the only thing yeah put a waterproof bag on yeah. in the rear tie it down you have your paddle and you have your fishing uh your uh, your rod that's it you feel pretty stable on it. Yeah, you you do. Um, Not as much as your your roto molded. Bed. Yeah, you you have to get used to. So what I would tell people is like you know you don't want to you want to practice before you go out. Right. Yeah. But once you get used to it, I got used to it. I, I remember my first time going out with uh, with a paddleboard versus my kayak, which was I had the uh, uh, Diablo Amigo, which is dude, it's like pretty much floating on a door. Yeah. Right, like you're not gonna go anywhere. You're not. You actually, literally, could be on the side of the boat and try to uh, try to flip it. You can't. Yeah, you literally you stand on the edge yes. of it. And yeah, it's not on the happen. amigo, you yeah. can't. You're not gonna happen. But with the paddle, with the SUP, and with the um, uh, inflatable, yeah, you're gonna go down. Do you still have the Diablo? I I don't. I sold it. But I got the the brother, the Chupa Cooper. Okay. Uh, Chup, uh, so you still have like a Diablo? Yeah, I do. Uh, okay. Yeah. What if you had to pick one, the SUP or the or a kayak like the Diablo? What would you go with? Man, it depends on the condition. Really? Yeah. Okay. So you're glad you have both. Yeah, I have both. That's why I have both because if uh, 
if I'm going to go somewhere I know there's rocks and I'm bouncing off rocks and stuff, I'm going to go with the Rotomotor one. Uh-huh. And because the Chupacobra uh, has its, um, I forget the plastic, but it can crack. Uh-huh. It's not Rotomotor, which makes it lighter, which is the uh, Chupa is, I think, 50 pounds. Right. So you're, you're, you're chucking that thing anywhere you want. Yeah. As long as you don't have to worry about the rocks and the cracks. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. That's good to know. Yeah. So, Odom, the next question is, uh, when targeting carp, what do you change first if the carp are not looking at your fly? And he's asking fly size, color, or et cetera. Yeah. I always start with size first. If it's most, – most of the time, it's too big for them, and I have to downsize. I've never had a problem where it's too small for them. Really? It's usually more too big for them. So you, before you even change color, you're like, I'm downsizing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I try to keep my colors pretty muted colors most of the time. Most natural. Yeah. Like Especially rust, the hill olive. country. There's a certain air, uh, uh, river that likes bright colors. Like like chartreuse and pink? Yeah. No, really? no, not pink, uh-huh. but like yellow. Okay. Uh, even chartreuse. Uh-huh. Yeah. With a hint of that, but most of the time in the hill country, it's muted colors, earth yeah. colors, black, brown, rust. Yeah, you know, uh, orange. Maybe olive. Burnt. Yeah, all, olive. Yeah. yeah, but I downsize, uh, downsize first, Landon, and then I would change colors after that. Really? Yeah, in that particular order. Yeah. Okay, so we'll move into Patagonia, um, and I'll start off with this question: How did you plan your trip? And, uh, yeah, how did you plan your trip to Patagonia? Yeah. And I know you got it at Trout Fest uh, two years ago, if I remember correctly. So if you want to talk about that as well, that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah, I did. So basically, uh, Trout Fest is a uh, uh, festival that GRTU, Guadalupe River Trout Unlimited, holds uh, for our local chapter here in Texas. And it's 6,000 members strong. That's crazy. The biggest chapter, if you guys don't know this, is the biggest TU chapter in the United States. It's because everybody in Texas who's a part of Trout Unlimited is in the Guadalupe River. Yeah, it is. And, you know, it's it, and it's also the most sunless area you could fish for trout in the United States right. as well. And so, so that's why we have the biggest chapter. And so every year we have Trout Fest, which is coming up in February 18th to the 20th yep. in, 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 in about less than a month. And actually, by the time this comes out, it'll probably be like in a week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think you're going to have uh, one of our chair of uh, at least one of our board members on, too. Yeah. Uh, I'm a yeah, member. next week, I next think. Next week, yeah. yeah. So he'll be on the week Bill Marshall yeah. on? Is it Bill Marshall? Do, yeah, but I think Bill's going to come on. Yep. Okay, great. And yeah. uh, so someone else. We're still trying to figure that out. but Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're great board members. But anyway, this, so it's, it's all 100% of the money made from that Trout Fest goes to charity yeah and part of that charity i mean there's multiple charities but just the name of a few you know casting for recoveries uh there's there's uh, uh um what is it that brandon did, did, that you guys are always in with uh real recovery re, uh, real recovery yeah also um uh healing waters healing waters as well and the youth trout camp that oh, you know, yeah. we're, we're trying to obviously grow. Yeah, because well, it was about two or three weeks ago, right? Yeah. Where everything was going on. It funds that, that and helps uh, for the future of the next generation. I did right? not know that, that all the proceeds of Trout Fest go to that. Yeah, all those different chapters and, and, and also different initiatives, right? 
conservation initiatives and stuff like that. So yeah. it's really nice. But anyway, so I, I won that that uh, the um, Argentina trip, which is sponsor was donated by Ellen Quintrell, which is a the lodge that I stayed at in uh, Argentina, through a travel agency called Detailed Adventures. Anyway, so all that donation I paid for it, and that and and of course that money goes through all these other charitable organizations yeah. that we just talked about, and so it's been a great uh, organization to work with and for. Um, I, I'm a board member, and we try to 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 bring as many exciting guests and celebrities as possible to that org- uh, to 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 that festival during that time. Who's going to be speaking this year? Uh, it's going to be the executive director of uh, Texas. Park and Wildlife. Oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Next year, we're going to have, and so it's going to be interesting. Next year, we're going to have George Daniel. It'd be cool. Yeah. Landon Mayer. Okay. Uh, and, uh, of course, we always have Pat Dorsey there. Pat's yeah. always here, right? Yep. Uh, so uh, that's going to be th- three of the most awesome guests that you're going to have next year. That's awesome. Yeah, it's going to be a fantastic year next year. Yeah. As well. Yeah. It's honestly, it's it's one of the most fun weekends of the year. Yeah, it, you guys are gonna be there, right? We are gonna we are a table yeah. outside. Yeah, we're gonna be yeah, there. yeah. So yeah, so you got to get some interviews during that time, Landon and That's, Zach. Yeah, we're planning on it. We're uh, yeah. we look forward to it every year, and we're excited this year to have the podcast equipment out there and kind of getting to know everybody. Yeah, I think about three thousand people visit. Yeah, is that fe- yeah. three thousand? Wow, that's the average that we looked up. Wow, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. But yeah, so I, w- I won that and um, prepare for the trip was pretty much this is uh, I I, um, <clears throat> I instant messaged the lodge um, and there's a the the, the lodge manager is uh, uh, Ceci and she just helped me get a list of things uh, ready and they, they you know they they have this uh, they send you all these PDFs what to expect what mm-hmm. to bring. Um, how to get through customs. And because of COVID, what you need to do uh, to prepare for, like, you know, to get testing. The testing. So you yeah. had a PCR before you left. Exactly. And then, I, of course, me, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm detail-oriented. I said, what kind of flies do I need to bring? You don't need to bring your flies. Uh-huh. They, they, of course, the guides have them. But I wanted to bring my own. Right. Just to just to. F- fish in Argentina with my own flies yeah. to say that I fish my own flies. And so she gave me a slew of list and I try to get as much or tie as much as possible yeah. those flies. And uh yeah, and I even took some for testing. Uh Chase Smith and you know our, yeah. our local friends here at Tire, uh he tied me a couple and uh man I hit I nailed like five fish in a row. Like giant brookies. Uh-huh. And if you go to my Instagram page, there's a brookie with its mouth open. With a fly in there, uh-huh. that's Chase's uh, one of the flies that he tied for me. And after the fifth one, I lost it. It like snapped off. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's man. how it goes. That's yeah, how it was like it was. It was. I mean, it was hot. Yeah, it was going on. It was hot. I mean, you know, you're catching um, four to six pound brookies. That's crazy. Yeah, Bro- I mean, you know, I don't know, actually, you know, brook trout are my favorite. There you go. The tattoo oh, on man. Zach's arm. Yeah, no, dude. The colors on those guys. Oh, they're beautiful. The first time, a Smoky Mountain uh, brook trout, the first first trout Getting ever caught. Getting on the dry? 
On uh, the dry? On the dry. Yeah. yeah. First yeah. fish I ever caught on a fly rod was a brook trout in Smoky Mountains, and it's just... You can't catch oh. from more of a perfect place. Now. No. They're oh, they're beautiful, though. I Because, mean, you know, I went to school in Knoxville. Yeah. Yeah, so you're you're an hour and a half away. You yeah. Know? Luckily, I didn't, I didn't take up fly fishing when I was in college. I don't oh, think yeah. I would have graduated. I would have flunked if I did. That's what, you know, every time we go out there, you know, we take we take a guy, and that's all they say. They're like, you know, I started at, you know, UT, University of Tennessee, and they're like, and I started fishing here every weekend, and it was every day I was supposed to have class. And they were just did like, they flunk out? <laughs> yeah, they're like, well, they, didn't, they said they were like, we dropped out. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. And yeah. started guiding full time. And, they, you know, they're like, we don't regret a thing. So. Yeah, I'm sure they don't, but I'm glad that I, uh, I found <laughs> yeah. out about fly fishing after right. – uh, somewhat of a successful career yeah yeah no so you're catching these four pound brookies you know yeah. we'll talk about it as well yeah oh man but hopefully i answered that question uh landa did i did i i think we did yeah no no that was great um and you went uh who'd you go with i went with my friend marco um so marco was a, a friend that i've met when i first started out fly fishing i think i think i told the story last time but you know we met each other on the river on the guadalupe river right just right under that dam and you know, pretty much, I was—I literally—that was my first time foot in the river with a fly rod. And so we spent a lot of weekends together, fly fishing, and we we became great friends. And he went to Argentina with me, and we've uh, shared a lot of great experience together as a friend and in fly fishing and just experiencing the world together. You know? Yeah. Was it just you guys, you two? Yeah. And um, Landon, you won't believe this, but uh, the other couple that was there with me was one of your former CEO of your last uh, job. The former CEO. The former retired uh, CEO. Per, per, was it Perk? Yes. There's a photo. I'll oh, send that's to you. awesome. I send, I'll send it to you. I just didn't want to. I never. I wanted to keep his privacy at I that just time. Throw it out. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, Perk was there that's along awesome. with his wife. Or that's, you know, that's awesome. Other. He's really nice. I, I've met him once or twice. He's really nice. We spent a week with him at breakfast and dinner for uh -huh. pretty much a week. That's awesome. It was mm. he was he was such he's such a cool guy. Yeah. Yeah. Well and and Marco's a cool guy too. Uh somebody I'd like to get on the podcast eventually. And Marco uh, but is, I, I Marco is who? Marco's my friend that oh, that's used right, to live here. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. he now lives in um Orlando. Which I'm going to see him in March yeah. um, because I've got a work-related trip and I'm going to go see him. But we're going to go fishing for one day out there as well. Out in Orlando? For the, yeah. In the nice. Yeah. Catch some peacock bass. And, and well, I guess are they are, Mark? Yeah, they're out in Orlando, right? No, they're further are down. They, more Miami. Miami. Yeah. Mm. Marco went on a trip with me to uh, Utah yeah, uh, a while back. Okay. And uh, we had a good time. Marco's a really cool dude. Um, so I'm sure you guys had a great time. So, Odom, talk about the fishing while you're there, because it, did you guys go for brook trout fishing? Because it seems like that was kind of based on your pictures. That was, you know, a Amazing. lot of what y'all did. Yeah. So, I mean, we just didn't go specifically for brook, brook trout at Ellen Carintro, but I mean, that would be the highlight because, you know, um, where besides Labrador, Canada, can you consistently get that size of brookie? Yeah. There's not many. No. Um, not not in the states. I mean, you'll still get some, but not consistently. No, you you'll get lucky if you catch one. Yeah, you know. that size. So so that was kind of the big draw was to go there. And they have Ellen Control has this special place. It's called uh, Brook Trout Base Camp, 
And if you look at my uh, uh, my photos on Instagram, basically it's truly a camp, but it's kind of like glamping, not camping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. it's glamping, and it's like safari type of uh, tents. Uh-huh. And it's beautiful, right? Anyway, so what that camp, base camp is gives you like a very close remote access to this particular body of water that is both on the river when it's time, when it's spawning time, they would be there. And you're literally 15 feet from that river. Yeah. Or there's a lake that there's just have slew of these um, brook trouts. Yeah. And so we spent two days... Uh, fishing for brook trouts and it's probably one of the best probably one of the best days i could imagine yeah yeah i mean um we were throwing um you know sink lines sink tips uh no no fully sink lines for these brookies and they were just and brookies are very uh, aggressive trout man they were chased they would chase after our flies yeah it was amazing um yeah, so that was that was one of the highlights of of being there. But there's a bunch of other things too. But, you know, besides the fishing, the cultural aspect of learning a new culture yeah. and and food. And everybody knows that you know there's three things that I like. And based on my Instagram, it's uh, fly fishing, food, and photography. The three Fs. <laughs> the three Fs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so that's that's the other thing is just I love learning new culture. Yeah. And also learning and, and, and eating new type of food as well. Just trying new things. Yeah. yeah. How long? Um, how long was the flight down there? Um, I I probably say about. I started at. Leaving, I think about ten from Dallas. Okay. And I got there at, eight, a.m. or t- uh, no, oh no, ten, twelve hours. Okay. About 10, 10, 10 a.m. Straight flight or did you stop halfway? It was a straight flight from Dallas to Buenos Aires. Okay. Um, yeah, so Buenos Aires, mm-hmm. we, had, we were in Buenos Aires, so we we went uh, to Buenos Aires and tried to go find some Golden Dorado, but the wind was so massive. Yeah. I mean, it, just, it was just unbelievable. And then it was an, and then a trip from, from there, from Buenos Aires to this little town called Escoel. Uh-huh. And I Do think you was, fly or did you drive? No, we flew. Okay. And it's another two and a half hour flight from Buenos okay. Aires to Esquel. Yeah. So um, it wasn't a direct, just straight from you know Dallas to Argentina uh, to uh, Patagonia. It right. Was a, it was a stop at Buenos Aires. Okay. And you were there for how, how long? Were you in two days in Buenos Aires? Okay. Yeah, and that, that was a great experience as well. Yeah. We fished the tributaries for Golden Dorado, and um, stay in this little place that was like if you. It was out in the, it was almost like in the jungle. Yeah. But you were 45 minutes away from Buenos Aires. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's awesome. So did you have a guide in Buenos Aires? Yeah, we did. Okay. Yeah, we, we went out there, and it was just so windy, man. It was, we were just hitting the bank. It was the whole yep. time. Yeah, and, and the water levels were different. It was colder. Yeah. Yeah, so the Dorados don't like that as much. Okay, so did you guys catch anything memorable there? No. Okay. No. Yeah. But the experience was great. Yeah. Living in I, and staying yeah. in a place like that. Like you said, sometimes it's not about what you catch. It's just about. Yeah, we love to have caught in Dorado, but uh, it just didn't happen. Yeah. I think that might be a jungle trip next yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. You have to go to the deep in the jungle. Fight for it. Yeah, we stayed in a place when we were in Buenos Aires called the Delta Lodge, Delta uh-huh. Echo Lodge, and um, and so that's where we stayed. It was it was, uh, but the experience was awesome. Yeah. Food was phenomenal, man. If you talk about food and wine. 
Argentina has got it down. I know. I had a couple of friends in college who would spend summers in Argentina, and that's where they would come back. They would be like, the food and the culture were like the best thing they've ever experienced. And they've done a lot of traveling. There's like nothing compared. The people? Yeah. Yeah, the culture. Like you said, the culture, the people, they're very hospitable. That's what, like Everywhere you go, people are just welcoming. Like, hey, how are you doing? Like, you know, yeah. join us. Here we go, you know. Yeah, and 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 I just love the way that you know, if you if you were to ask them something about their culture, they they can explain it, and and you you get to immerse in it. They're very aware of their culture. Yeah, yeah, and you know, Argentina is more diverse than you think. You know, it, it had a it had a lot of it was founded and and um, you know established by a lot of Europeans. Mm. You know, of course, you have your Spanish, but do you have a lot of Welsh as well down in Patagonia? Really? Yeah. Okay. And in Buenos Aires, they have such a a big Asian population, there's Chinatown there. I did not know that. Because okay. migrants came into Buenos Aires to work the fields and cattle and all that other stuff. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. That's yeah, cool. it's pretty so diverse. It's kind of like his own, yeah, diverse, Yeah, it's a pretty big melting pot. Yeah. At least in Buenos Aires. Yeah, right, that, yeah. that little hub itself. Yeah, yeah. Patagonia, probably not as much. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so you left? Buenos Aires, and you flew, what was the next town? Uh, it's, it's a little town called Esquel. Okay. And um, so we get got into Esquel, then we drive to uh, Esquel. The lodge is about 45 minutes from Esquel. Okay. So not super far. Yeah, it's not that far, but we didn't go to the lodge. Uh-huh. We went to base camp. Uh, uh, the Brook, the Brookie Brook, Base yeah, Camp. Yeah, okay. which is like, I think, two and a half hours away. Wow, so they're like, pick you up, here we go. Yeah, <laughs> so it was an adventure, man. It, and you know what? It never felt long. Yeah. Just because everything's new to you. So you're yeah. always you're curious. All you're in. taking it all in and you're, and you're asking questions about the local culture right. and they're telling you this particular city, this is how they talk. The, the way that they talk is almost like it's almost like singing, yeah. you know, the the way that the accent is and stuff. So you start learning a lot about about the, the culture. That's awesome. Yeah. So hopefully that answer that's a that's a long story to the to, to the to the question, Landon. Hey, uh, but, um, what like what tactics did you guys use mainly while you were fishing? Was it dry fly fishing, streamer fishing, nymphing? We did all three. Um, a lot of it was streamer fishing. So with Patagonia, you have to adjust pretty quickly. It's windy often, uh-huh. and so and you always see those uh, terra fuego, uh, uh, uh YouTube videos where this. I mean, just the wind's horrendous. So in Patagonia. You know, you, you have to know how to cast in the wind. Right, with three other things on your line. Yeah, yeah. So so streamer fishing was quite often. Uh-huh. Um, when the wind wasn't blowing as hard, we did dry fly fishing. Okay. And then we went to the special creek. It's a spring creek in a national park mm-hmm. where you did nymph fishing, but without indicators or anything. You actually dropped the nymph on the monoline, and let that nymph just fall down and in the path of the of the trout. Uh-huh. And the only indicator is when the trout bites it through the white of their mouth. So you're just looking to see the white that really white of their mouth and you set hook. And that was that to me because I love technical fishing. Like it's almost like carp fishing yeah. and technical fishing, right? And to me, that was the coolest thing. Just waiting it for was, the white it was, mouth. It was hard. Yeah. Don't, don't get me wrong because I'm not used to that, right? right. But my guide, Santi, Santi is, uh, 
was my guide for our guide for the whole week. And Santi was awesome. I mean, he could see like, dude, I didn't even see that. He goes, sat. And I was sat, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And uh, I think there's a photo of me with Santi in, in my Instagram where we were like rejoicing when we caught this this rainbow, this big rainbow, and it would it went through structure. And there's a picture of of that structure in, in my Instagram. You'll see that I took a picture of that structure where the rainbow went through and under and went like another thirty feet beyond that. Under the structure. Yeah, it went thirty feet. Jumped and uh-huh. did everything. And what'd you guys do? Played it just like I played a carp, right? Uh-huh. So that that was one time that was really helpful to to learn it. And so just played and played it and and um, got it to uh, wind down a little bit and basically slowly pull it through the structure. Pull it back through the structure. And he landed it. And I just told I, I just remember like Santi, just jump in there and grab it. He goes, No, I can't. I think it's gonna we're gonna lose it. And it's just <laughs> we'll, we'll just wait till it comes through. Like play it. I'm like, all right, I'll just play it like I play a carp. Yeah. And so because we carp, they always go under structure. Right. And so we we luckily got it, and uh, that was the fish. T- it was a uh, hard earned fish, but it was one to remember. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you'll never forget that. You know. No, and the, that creek, dude. There were so many big fish in there. Really. But it, it was so, it was, it's hard to land them. Yeah. Yeah. It was just small tippet. They're big. Small flies. I'm talking like 18s and 20s, yeah. you know? How my, how even the Santa sl- even saw, I did like, yeah. I was amazed. But I'm sure as you, like all things, you develop a, right. a mastery for it. You're out there every day. You, you pick it up on little yeah. things. But Santa was just an awesome guide. And, and, and I could see it a friend. And he was a master at that. Yeah. Yeah. How many days were you guys out there? Um, Sunday to Sunday, I think. Wow. Okay. So yeah, I'll, and a week. Santi. Yeah. He was Santi your- was my guide for the whole time. Okay. Yeah, he was awesome, and he took us to all these places and showed us the technique. And the streamer technique was with you know we talked earlier was with a sinking line. Yeah. And we counted it off, and just start stripping different f- speed variety and flies and it was just we caught between marco and i one day over 70 brook trout oh man and the size were anywhere from like i would say probably two to six pounds brook trout you guys are catching like you know brookies that people would be dying for. yeah just one right yeah when i caught my first one like holy cow (laughs) (laughs) like that that size yeah yeah and he's like, oh, wait, there's more. I'm like, no way. <laughs> you're, like, you're like, no, this is the best as it can get. Yeah. And it'll just be downhill from here. The first day was really windy. Uh-huh. And and this is when it was like you got to learn how to throw in. in uh, uh, throw, a, fu- in throw a four weight through the wind. No, this was, I think this was six or seven weight. Okay, six so weight. you're using, you're six using weight. good size. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. good size. Six weight, um, seven weights with uh, sinking lines. But, man, the wind. I know one time I knocked myself in the head with one fly. Oh yeah. And then Marco knocked me a couple times. But that was the that's that's that's, that's expected. Yeah. yeah. in in those type of winds, right? And anyway, so that's that's what happened. Well, we all wear hats and glasses, you That's know? right. That's why I like that you wear that and buff so you don't you don't have flies in your face and yeah. scarred. Yeah. Really? What else, Landon? Hey, what was the highlight of your trip? What was like the highest moment for you? The highest moment. Um. Yeah, that was a, there was a day that was really windy, and we were in this this uh, this body of water, and um, it was just not happening. 
And then I threw inside a cove somewhere, and this huge brown trout came out. I mean, as soon as it landed, this thing just smacked it. Uh-huh. And um, I just remember, like, oh my goodness, it's like this after a rough day, and you get one. You, know, you guys know that feeling, right? Yeah, you've been fighting for it all day. You've just been just casting and swinging for like hundreds of casts. Yeah. And then you think it's going to be over, and you're like, man, I'm not going to get anything for today. And I got this huge um, brown trout. I think it's on on the photograph somewhere in there uh, on the Instagram gallery. But uh, that was a a good highlight. But I tell you, the the highlight for me, besides all the the fishing and stuff, was just learning the culture and, and, and immersing in the culture and meeting new friends, making new friends, uh, getting to meet, like, you know, a guy like Perk Perkins and his, and his, and his wife, right? And sitting there uh, at the dinner ta- uh, table, uh, telling stories about your day, reminiscing. Uh, so you get to do that for a whole week. Yeah. It's just a great experience. And, and the folks that Ellen Crento made, it's such a great experience that you get to experience uh, Argentina in all its ways, both yeah. the culture, the food, the people, and then when they did they did that uh, barbecue called asado, and you know, and, and I photographed it because like, dude, if it's food, and it deals with uh, the smell and the senses, I'm there photographing it. Yeah, I took thousands of photos, <laughs> photos that you guys would never see have seen. Yeah, you won't even see. Right, that are like I like you know if I do. I probably just overboarded for the amount that I even put out there, but there's hundreds of photos that you haven't seen. Yeah, because you were just in the moment. Just yeah, I just don't want to like just kill it. I just you know just just you know, overboard people with with just tons of photos. I yeah. think I did enough already. Well, sometimes it's nice to have some stuff for yourself too. Yeah, those are just moments that I kind of like you know moments with Perk and 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 others that I just never. Um, published yeah out of privacy or respect for a person's privacy yeah definitely yeah that's awesome yeah oh and that sounds like man sounds like that was a good trip for you yeah it was it was a fantastic trip uh i think it's one that you know everybody at least if they have an opportunity put that on the bucket list really do you think yeah. it'll are you gonna try to go back or are you like once was like you had such no, a absolutely. great time i'm gonna go back really yeah. yeah i am gonna go back and you know, after you go for the first time, you kind of know how to pack, what to pack better. Yeah. And so that's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to, uh, I'm going to go again. What would you pack better? What would you pack? Or what do you wish you had that you didn't have this last time? Well, what I would do is probably pack lighter. Really? Okay. Yeah. Because, you know, at, at the at the lodge, there's laundry service. So they have everything you need. Yeah, so you have everything yeah. you need. So I have probably overpacked. I brought all, I brought all these different jackets and stuff yeah. like that. All you need is a good, nice, I would say medium weight jacket. Okay. And but you went during summer too, right? It was considered summer. So they're December 17th. Right. And we got out of there December 26th. Yeah. And so like, what's the temperature? Because like, they're pretty far south. So they're, they're probably like a yeah, mild summer, their, right? Their summer is our winter. Because right. they're, they're but even their summer is probably pretty mild. It's right? mild, yeah. yeah. But it can change pretty quickly. Really? Yeah, okay. it can be windy. So I would just bring a light, a medium sized jacket, uh-huh. and a maybe coat. something to cut wind for more so than anything. Yeah. So, but enough to keep you warm, not just like a, uh, you know, like a 
uh, like rain jacket. Yeah. yeah, okay. Something that's probably medium size. Okay. But not like, you know, Arctic's. Yeah, yeah. Um, a few other things, uh, you know, just uh, probably less electronic gear. Yeah. And cons- be a little bit more concise about it. And um, and I think that's about it. And, and you know, probably um, I, I didn't use my tripod when as much as I thought I would, so I brought you it didn't. there. No. Yeah. I probably won't bring it next time unless I have to. You know, it's funny. I because I, you know I like to take photos as well. Um, I always bring a tripod. Yeah. I, I don't use it often. I do use my gorilla pod a lot. I like yeah. that because you know it's a little bit smaller too. They fit yeah. pretty much anywhere. I did. And um, so I use those a lot, and it's you know a good size. Yeah. Yeah. So in fact, I left my tripod in Argentina. Did you really? I did. <laughs> and then and then luckily, uh, Santi had a. Um, a client that was from Arizona, uh-huh. uh, Tim, Tim Perez. So thanks, Tim. Tim was able to, when he came back. Uh, he brought it with him. He brought it with him and, and, and mailed it to me, and I got it last week. So oh, that's great. So thanks, Tim, for yeah. sending that over to me. And thanks, Auntie, for sending that back to me as well. It, was, it had sentimental value. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Landon, you were saying something? No, no, I'm good. I'm good. It sounds like a great trip. I've always wanted to go to Patagonia. Yeah. So, and it looks like you guys caught awesome fish and had a great time. And I know the food there is fantastic and the scenery, and it's just ten out of ten for sure. I know from other world. people I've talked to, and sounded like from your trip, sounds like it was a great time. Yeah. It was. I th- I think everybody should do that at least one time. And I know that you could um, get you could go to Labrador, yeah, and catch the same amounts, uh, the s- uh, similar rookies, fish, yeah. But I would tell you that it's much more expensive in Labrador. I looked. Yeah. And plus the dollar doesn't go as far as it does in Argentina, in Argentina. versus Canada. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Believe me. So that's, so that's if, you know, if you really think about it, that's the advantage of going to places like Argentina yeah. and, and where the dollar is much stronger. Yeah. Well, also, too, like you said, the culture. Uh, yeah, different and culture. I mean, you go see Canadians, you're pretty much, you know, Americans, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. same culture. And then, you know, in high in college, I was really into climbing and hiking and all that stuff, and it was the dream to go to Patagonia. So now to go there and do that and then also fly fish and take in the culture and everything else would just be, you know. Yeah, dream, the cool thing about trip. El Encuentro, um, and, and you, if, if you guys want to see where El Encuentro is, just go to my uh, Instagram. But El Encuentro, we didn't want to go and fly fish one day. Uh-huh. We said, hey, can we go horseback riding? And they set up a horseback riding uh, for us, and we horseback ride and along the river around uh, and the ranches there. Yeah, it was awesome. That yeah. is, and it was my first time riding a horse. That's great. Yeah, wait, wait, you see, your first time you ever rode a horse. Uh huh. <laughs> and of course, you know, here's here's what I asked: like, what's my what's my horse's name? This is Gringo. I said, Are you kidding me? He goes, No, it's Gringo. <laughs> your horse is Gringo. <laughs> but it was it was a yellow horse. So it white sound horse. Real. Yeah, like, are you kidding me? He goes, No. It, it, it is it's Gringo. Gringo. It's yeah. Gringo. Yeah. Oh man, that's great. Yeah. But you could go do pheasant hunts. They can. This, they I can did set know that. that up. Yeah, upland is like a huge thing. Down it's there. a huge thing yeah. in, in Argentina. Yeah, and duck hunting and everything. It is. It is. Okay. Well, Landon, anything else? No, I, I think that's all the questions I had, and everyone else sent in. Yeah. Um. Uh. Uh. Odom, I appreciate you coming on. I don't know what time we're at because I'm not there. <laughs> We're um, actually we're at, we're at an hour thirty two, so you know. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't know. Man, that went by fast. It did. Yeah, <laughs> it, yeah, it did. Fast. 
anything else, Odom? Anything from your trip or any wisdom or anything you uh, you learned that you want to pass on? Man, I will tell you, like, uh, if you have a choice of visiting something that's, uh, you know, within your cultural uh, sphere, mm-hmm. try something else different. Yeah. Uh, because I think you'll you'll be amazed and more enriched by that. Yeah, for sure. And your experience would be, you'll, you'll remember it more just because the different type of people, the different type of culture, and even maybe just terrain. Yeah. And just to experience that is, is worthwhile. And, you know, we went to Alaska. It was great. I loved it. My son got to go with me. But the experience I think he would have experienced in Argentina would would make him remember the, for the rest of his life. And he will always remember Alaska. Right. It'll just be a different experience. But there's something about going somewhere with a different culture. It is. Where you're taking in so much. I, and as a kid, I always loved that. Yeah. You know, I've always loved it. I mean, if you told me, hey, Odom, pack up. And that's why I moved like eight times for yeah. my job. They say, hey, just, uh, we need you to move to the city. Like, are You're you up for a new adventure. It? Are yeah. you going to pay for it? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm up. Yeah. Up for a new experience, new culture, different yeah, things. So yeah, so just do that. I mean, it's, it's so great to, to experience new culture. Like, you know, when I came here from, from other parts of the States and you come to Texas, it is a different culture. It is. Because you have a lot of Hispanic culture here. Oh, yeah. And I love the Hispanic food, the culture. I even cook Hispanic food, right? Yeah. I'm Asian. But I cook Asian food. I cook multiple type of foods. Yeah. And I, sp- I, don't know, I cook menudo. Yeah. I'll stir up a pot of menudo. Like oh, yeah. Old, yeah, no problems with that. So I love that different type of culture. So I think if you get the chance to experience a new culture, Landon, to, to your question, uh, take it. Yeah. Just enjoy it. Yeah. Take everything you can. Immerse learn. it in. Yeah. It's a, it's a great life experience. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, dude. Well, I think those are great words. Take it in, you know, try the new thing. Yeah, that's a, I think that's cultures. a great way to end. And I agree. Such a cool culture to go see, too. So It is. Well, good luck with the uh, the game tonight, man. <laughs> yeah, hopefully Tech pulls it off, man. It's, it'll be great. I have been, ner- I have been so nervous this whole podcast <laughs> for the game. And honestly, uh, is. A tech better win because a lot of tech students have done a lot of stupid things this week, and it's going to make us look real bad oh, if we don't win. What did yes. they do? Just the been, stuff on social media. Yeah, just talking out their butt, you know. And then like yeah. the way we've treated the Texas team as they've come to Lubbock has oh. been like it's been embarrassing. But also like if we don't win, people can just yeah. throw that in our face for years, you know. Yeah. So it's yeah. Like, if you get a smack talk, you got to live up to that's it. That's exactly what it, we've done a lot of smack talking. So yeah. Let's let's hope for the best. Yeah, we trash talk, Car- man. Carson, uh, my brother, who's at the game, he texted me about twenty minutes ago, and he said, and he goes to a lot of basketball games, and the, the basketball games are always hyped and they're always full. And he said, you know, it's forty-five minutes before tip-off, and he said it's the most insane that he's ever seen. Oh, I don't know wow. that. I don't know that at all. So, so is it on ESPN tonight? Ooh, I think so. Um, Go check them. Yeah. That, usually I'm not into the Texas team and watching the Texas games because, of course, I have my own team. Yeah. Now that you guys talk to, talk to me about this, I might. You'll, ha- you'll have to watch it because it's probably going to be one of the most crazy games of the season. ESPN 2 is ESPN what it's on. ESPN 2, okay. Yeah. I'll have to watch yeah. it. Both it's, teams are 16 and 5, so <laughs> we have a couple of bigger wins on us, but. Yeah, but you're you're highly ranked. We are thirteen, yeah, 13 or twelve to twenty four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So hopefully so. you guys you guys pull it through. Oh, I hope so. 
Like, otherwise, oh, that it's been a lot of trash talk. That's not going to go well. So, are you going to go to yeah. a bar? Are you going to go to the bar and watch it, Landon? I am. I yeah. am. I'm going to go down to the bar. I I I ordered a Domino's pizza to be delivered like a couple hours to be delivered at like eight thirty, <laughs> and uh, all my coworkers went out tonight. Like people are at Top Golf and stuff like that. I was like, I'm going to do the podcast. And I'm going to go sit at the bar. And I want to watch the game because wait, wait, I don't know if I can be around the other hotel people. bar. Yeah, hotel bar. It is. Hotel bar. Yeah. Okay, good yeah. for you. Yeah, I'm. I'm making it easy. Yeah, I'm making it easy. Is anybody going to join you, or are you going to sit there lonely by your co- in the corner somewhere? <laughs> There's probably coworkers there. Honestly, oh yeah. There's probably people down there. I do it. Man. Uh, the bar's been pretty. The hotel bar's been uh, hit up every night, so I'm sure there's people there. But I know a lot of people from my team. They're all at Top Golf right now. Oh yeah. And I was like, no, no, I Top can't. Golf. I can't go to Top Golf and watch the game. No, you gotta watch the game, man. Oh, uh, they're gonna watch the game yeah. and play golf. Yeah, you could do that. Yeah, I guess you can. There's there's TVs there. Yeah. No, yeah, but I, I like I'm to too concentrate. stressed out. Yeah, you gotta. Yeah, you gotta. I'm too, stre- I'm too stressed out. <laughs> Are you really? So that's kind of like when yeah, I play, no. when I watch Tennessee played football, man. Like, dude, it's like it causes you like. <laughs> My stomach, yeah. Stress. Yeah. my stomach hurts. Exactly. You're like, why am I so wrapped I, up in this game? It doesn't even matter. I normally, I normally don't, uh, I normally don't get like this stressed out for a tech game. Although I do want them to win, and I watch a lot of tech basketball games. But this game, like, I've been stressed all day about this game. And uh, this has been, a, this is honestly, uh, this has been on our calendar for a while. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. This has been on the calendar for a year. So, Holy and as car, the videos Carson's been sending me, the United Spirit Arena in Lubbock. Is lit. For those and, the group uh, chat, I how, see how, how many does that uh, hold? That's st- that's it's only like stadium? eighteen thousand or something. It's really? not it's not huge. Yeah, actually, oh. I don't even. But that's pretty 18. on par with the basketball. That's, that's true. Pretty on par with the basketball. That's true. All right, yeah. so I'm gonna have to watch it tonight then. Yeah. yeah. Well, what? Odom, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, dude, um, this is great. This is second Odom's second time on. If you guys want to go back and listen to an older episode. Odom really dives into photography in our last podcast and like how to take good fish pictures. I took some great so, techniques from that from that podcast. Yeah. 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 So you guys go back and listen to it and uh we'll see y'all at Trout Fest. Odom, we'll see you at Trout Fest too. Yeah, I'll see you guys there. It'd be great to see you there and uh, hopefully uh you get some great interviews from there. Oh, I think we will. Yeah. All right, guys. Talk to you next week. Goodbye.